Super Talk Mississippi media production. I'll pre-record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good Monday afternoon. Welcome to another kickoff of Eagle Hour Talk all weekend. We're glad you're with us on the Super Talk Radio Network. Bob and Kelly, we're in the Southern Bank Core Studio here in sunny Hattiesburg this afternoon. And uh, we've got a great show. Baseball coach Scott Berry about to join us. Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation on the show as well. We're going to talk, obviously, about uh, all the news that broke Friday uh, regarding uh, the the decision to leave Conference USA, and before it's over, we will talk to Kelly. He's he, he's a little hurt this afternoon, but when time goes by and he can reflect on what an incredible year it was for the Cincinnati Bengals, you're going to feel better, Kelly. Okay. <laughs> Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of Southern Miss and the Eagle Hour, and a great place to cater uh, this weekend uh, and any event that you may have. Uh, Dickie's serves delicious food, and uh, they can cater any event. All right, it is February 14th, 2022, and I point out the date because this is an important day. It is game week for college baseball. And uh, to, so to kick things off, and he'll be with us every Monday, and we always look forward to this. Head baseball coach Scott Berry. Coach, uh, hard to believe that we're talking about game week. It sure is. It didn't take long to get here. I, I can tell you that. As you and I talked off the air, it seems like time flies anymore, especially when you when you get a little older. But we're excited. The community is excited. Our fan base uh, and all of college baseball across the country is excited for this week and this, this opening weekend. As a man that uh, makes his living doing sports, can you will you relay to Kelly that just to relax about the Super Bowl when you reflect on it, if you're a Cincinnati Bengal fan, you can look back and say, we had a really good year. They did. They had a really impressive year, you know, especially when you look at what uh, they, the years that they've come off from prior. And it goes to show you how one man – can really influence the outcome of a, of a team and how their attitude is. No other man on that Bengals team but Joe Burrow. I mean, I mean, obviously the lead dog on that thing, and and uh, you got to be you got to be happy for the future there, if nothing else, Kelly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's hurt, Coach. His, uh, his feelings are hurt. All right, let's talk college baseball. I, I, I just can't tell you how excited we are. Going to be doing a two-hour Eagle Hour from the Pete. Got it all set up with Jack Duggan. Uh, we're going to be doing that from 1 to 3 o'clock uh, Friday afternoon. And then North Alabama comes to town. And, uh, Coach, I know you've been scrimmaging. I've been watching some of them. I know you've been practicing. Do you think your guys are ready? And how do you feel about the team here with just uh, four days to go before we open play? Well, you know, uh, first of all, we've worked really hard since last August, Bob. Uh, this this group, the young men, our staff, all the coaches, our strength coaches, and everything that we've tried to do to get our team ready for this February 18th opener. But, you know, I want to tip my hat to, to our players. We asked them to come back from Christmas break, which was a little less than five-week-long break 
to come back in shape, and that's exactly what they did. We really haven't missed any time on the field because of any kind of injuries. You know, they had their arms in shape, they had their legs in shape, they had everything that we needed to uh, to pick up and, and take off. And because we only have three weeks to get ready for that for that first game, so our guys are eager to go, our coaches are eager to go. We've we've had nine inter squad scrimmages since we returned from Christmas. I feel like it with each weekend that we have gotten a little bit better. We've eliminated some mistakes. And, uh, you know, we've, we've really seen some positive things as we move through this, this preseason training period. Have you settled on your starting uh, team that will take the field Friday, or is that still a fluid situation? You know, I think uh, I get about four hours of sleep, and the remainder of the day is trying to decide on that lineup. So <laughs> I know uh, the hourglass is getting a little bit a little bit lower uh, as we move to it. But, you know, I think in my head I'm, I'm very, very close. Uh, you know, I certainly have the majority in my mind of what I want to do. I still haven't seen uh, what North Alabama, what they've released or anything on who they're starting. And so, you know, not that that – is going to play into it, but it possibly could uh, after we start seeing some video on, on some of those guys. But I'm pretty close. I mean, you know, as, as we say, the hay's in the barn, it's pretty close to being full right now. Well, the good thing of, of the situation with the program right now at Southern Miss is you probably, with all due respect to all the players on the team, Coach, you probably don't give up a whole lot player A to player B. That's a good position to be in. Yes, it is. You know, I feel like we do have a lot of depth on there. And, and what we returned from last year, uh, you know, it's it exciting for me. You know, I'm anxious to see how these guys pick up uh, with the momentum that we, we left last year. And, you know, it took us a while last year to get going. Hopefully we can come out the off the starting blocks uh, better than what we did. We were four and five at one point and then ended up 30, 36 and uh, 16 after that. So, Hopefully these guys have grown up some and they've learned and have that experience uh, under under their belt so that we can we can come out the gate and do what we want to do and, and start fast. And one of the things that we've talked about on the Eagle Hour, Coach Scott Berry, is that with nearly 20 pitchers that you have rostered, of course, at the beginning of the year, everybody's generally healthy. Um, is it a concern to try to make all these guys happy? Juggling a pitching staff with that many guys, what say you and, and how do you plan to, to tackle that? You know, Kelly, I have a little saying, and, and first of all, my job's not to, to keep people happy. I mean, I'm just that's my job's to win baseball games, develop young men on and off the field, and and hopefully they uh, they are in a position and their minds right to to contribute to to a win at any given time. And I say, you know, I tell them quite often, my job's to put the best nine on the field. Your job's to be one of the best nine. Best nine that start the game aren't necessarily the best nine that end the game, nor are they the best nine in the middle of the game. So at the end of the game, be one of the best nine to help us win that game. And that's what we do. And, you know, certainly there's going to be some some pitchers that are going to be disappointed that they're not starting on the weekend. But you know what? We're grown men. We're all here for one common goal, and that's to win and win championships. And uh, the sooner that we, we learn to accept our role and, and be ready to, to take on that role at, when it's asked, and also being able to uh, to be able to take on a new role. There's nothing says that, you know, just because this guy's starting this week or has started these two weeks, I mean, if, if that one doesn't pan out good, then next man on deck better be ready to go. So, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing is it's not keeping them happy, it's keeping them focused, is I think more importantly is probably our job. 
Through the years, Coach, that you've uh, been coaching college baseball, has that changed a lot with, with social media and the transfer portal and all these things that swirl around you now every day? Is it harder to keep your team focused than may, maybe it was 10 years ago? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, honestly, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of voices in these kids' heads today. I mean, whether it be their high school coach, their travel ball coach, their summer league coach, their advisor, um, you know, certainly the, the ones that love them, their mom, dad, their grandparents are big influences on them as well. So there's a lot of voices, and, and that's probably the uh, – the biggest challenge for uh, for us as coaches is to try to keep them focused and committing to what that goal is, and that's to, to, to be a team player and and be ready to, to contribute when asked. Bottom line, in layman's terms, though, this is a loaded baseball team with talent. Am I correct about that? that that's fair to say, isn't it? Yes, I think it is. I mean, certainly we have talent, but you know, talent only takes you so far, and and that's the one thing that kind of what we've been talking about. The substance of the, of the conversation has been about being able to play roles and accepting those roles. And you know, if if you can have all the talent in the world, but if that talent doesn't come together for one, then then it's certainly going to self destruct. And um, but we do have talent, and uh, but we've got to be able to to bring that together and that's what we call chemistry and the sooner we can find that team chemistry the uh, the more chance that we have of, of winning a lot of baseball games coach barry it was released last week by the by the ticket office that season ticket sales it's it's not a story if you break ticket sales by five or ten season tickets i mean i think the former record was like 1750 1752 or 1753 is not a story but going from 1750 to almost 2,300 or maybe even more 2,500. than 2,500 in season ticket sales. You shattered it by 800 tickets. W- what do you make of that? Well, number one, let, hat, hats off to our, our ticket office and our staff over there for the, the hours that they're putting in and, and really uh, and our marketing team for for getting that out there and, and really kind of uh, promoting what, what we have here. But second of all, and, and maybe the most important thing, a, cre- a tip of the hat to our, our fan base. You know, I give give all the credit to them. Um, certainly, I think we have a product that they respect and they like. We have an atmosphere that's family-oriented. Uh, you know, we come out there, we represent. I feel like our pro- program represents our school, our community, and, and everything that we want. We work very hard to do that. And our, our people recognize that. And, and certainly baseball, college baseball, is at, at its all-time high right now as far as uh, fan interest. Uh, you're seeing that all across the country, but more importantly, right here in South Mississippi and, and Hattiesburg and the University of Southern Mississippi, we're really, really proud of, of that record and, and what we've been able to do and, and destroy in the old record. We're talking to head baseball coach Scott Berry. It's baseball week just around the corner. We're going to continue our conversation with, uh, with Coach right after this. Short break. Don't go anywhere. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, welcome back. I want to thank Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net, for their support of the Eagle Hour. And uh, I guarantee you they got baseball swag, Kelly Santer. 
Uh, there's no no place you could go on the planet to find more baseball apparel. Well, I even asked Miss Kathleen, are you going to print up some uh, Cincinnati Bengal World Champion T-shirts? And she said, um, let's just wait on that. A I little. hear you can buy those real cheap. Real cheap, Kelly. Yeah, for one dollar. <laughs> you you can't see the one I'm showing you, Bob. But <laughs> We're talking to head baseball coach Scott Barry. So happy to have him back on the show now every Monday. All right, coach. So we 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 kick it off, so to speak, uh, Friday afternoon at four o'clock, North Alabama. I don't know that our fan base knows much about this team. Is there anything you can share with them? Oh, you know, really, I don't know a whole lot about them. I know they return 18 guys from from last year. Uh, Ten of those are position players and eight pitchers. You know, I know they are fairly new to Division One baseball. They've been participating in Division Two, and I don't know how long ago, maybe three, maybe three, four years ago, they became uh, Division One eligible for their tournament. But I know their coach. He was a longtime assistant for. Mike Lane, who was the the old coach for a number, probably thirty five years at, at North Alabama when when they were uh, a Division two team and they were a powerhouse uh, themselves. And Delta State used to always battle it out. But Mike Mike Keane is the uh, or Mike Keane is the assistant who was, was his assistant. That's a head coach now. Good baseball guy. They're going to play extremely hard, and they're going to be like I don't know how many teams we have in Division One this year. It's usually right there at three hundred, uh, and and that's probably what we'll have. I think the Ivy League have, has come back and are not canceling their season like last year with COVID. But you know they'll be like three hundred other Division One teams this Friday. They will be very very excited about being on a, on a field playing somebody besides themselves for a real game. Yeah. You know, having lived in the Delta a long time, I used to go to Delta State baseball games and became a fan, you know, of the, of the fighting okra. And uh, I don't know that, that many people around the state understand what a premier Division two baseball program that is. And, you, and you've brought a kid, a transfer, that we're hearing a lot about from Delta State, a pitcher. And, uh, Coach, what do you see in, in this young man in particular – is it easy to transition from Division Two if you play at a, at a program like Delta State to Division One? We hear that he he could make a real contribution this year. Well, uh, there's no doubt. This young man we're talking about is Hunter Riggins. He was a graduate transfer, which means that he had received his undergraduate degree there at Delta State, uh, and he could he could transfer without penalty to another school, which a lot of people uh, do, it seems like, these days uh, uh, as graduate transfers. But very fortunate to get Hunter. I think he he is a lot like Walker Powell. If you had to say, you know, kind of somebody that we've had, I would say Walker would be a good comparison with, with Hunter. But, you know, I think you're going to see a young man that's had success against us ever since he, he joined us in, in August and all the scrimmage games that he's pitched and he's pitched really well. He's a four-pitch guy with a good mix, uh, got a good fastball, does a lot of things really well, was really successful at Delta State. I think what you're probably going to see, the difference in Division Two and Division One is that instead of maybe – seven, eight really good hitters in the lineup in Division II. Um, you know, now, uh, or I'm sorry, maybe I shouldn't say that. I should say four or five in Division Two. Now you're going to see that extended a little bit in D1. So to navigate mm-hmm. through a lineup at this level is going to be a little bit different. 
But I think that he's logged enough experience uh, as a starter and had enough success that he'll be able to adjust uh, to that and be able to do it. Have you settled on who's going to start this weekend, Coach? That's still up in the air. Well, we're still, uh, you know, we're still kind of throwing it around, Coach Oz and myself. So, you know, we uh, we probably won't announce that till the middle of the week. Uh, at least, uh, you know, we we won't until North Alabama does theirs as well, since there's so much video that people can can look at each other on. But it'll right. be probably towards the end of the week before we do that. Coach Barry, I wanted to get your opinion on this too. The, to the layperson out there, a pitcher is a pitcher. But baseball has become so specialized. You've got starters, you've got mid-relievers, you've got closers. A strike is a strike, no matter who's throwing the ball. So what's the difference? What would you describe to the layperson as what makes a starter, what makes a middle-reliever, and what makes a closer? Well, a starter's got to be somebody that can turn that line over, line up over a couple of times. You know, there's a lot of guys that have really good stuff for about six outs. And then the opposition starts getting on them. I don't know if it's because they're stamina or whatever. You know, everybody's body type's a little bit different. But you look at it as a starter, as somebody that's going to run a marathon. He's got to be able to pace himself. He's got to be able to to hold that velocity. He's got to have really three pitches, uh, if not four, to kind of navigate through that lineup and keep that pitch count down. Your middle relievers are guys that come in. They have to be able to throw strikes, come out of the pen. We always look at the fifth or sixth, seventh, and eighth innings as big innings to try to score runs and keep runs down. If you look at the game of baseball, the beginning of the game, there's all kinds of hype and excitement about it. So those first three innings, everybody's locked into it. Well, then those middle three innings and even to that, that fifth, sixth, and seventh in there, is those lull innings. And that's where you really have to make headway on the offensive side and score because a lot of people just kind of get, uh, they just kind of get uh, leveled out on the game at that point. We also be, have to be able to keep the opposition from scoring. And then, of course, everybody rallies there late in the game. We've seen it over and over again. They rally in the two minute drill in football. I mean, they score what the, the, uh, the Bills and the Chiefs scored about like 50 some points the other day in, in the last two minutes of the game. Right. So, so those middle innings are really important for those guys to be able to come in and, and get through a couple of innings, uh, you know, uh, maybe six outs. And then at closer, he's that sprinter, man. He's the guy that's that's going that short distance, and he's going all out. And he's trying to come in there and blow it out and, and get those three outs to get us that save. And then the final question I have before I guess we start talking about potential new conference and, and all that is uh, any any truth to the rumor that Gabe Montenegro's oldest son is committing to Southern Miss next week? <laughs> he told me the other day that a quarter of his life has been spent at Southern Miss. And he's exactly right. So that's hard to put your head your hands around. Yeah. Sure. What a great kid, though, man. I'll tell you what. He'll, he'll be a legend forever at Southern Miss. There's no question. All right, Coach, we got three minutes left. Two things I want to go over with you real quickly. Uh, the announcement made last week that uh, the school is leaving Conference USA uh, in July. You made such an interesting point to me, though, off the air, is that the announcement was that we were leaving, but it, in the announcement was not the fact that we were going to start immediately playing in the Sun Belt. I guess we all assume that, but... Your thoughts about the announcement and your thoughts about this being the last year in CUSA baseball, which I personally think has been a very good league. Well, I think uh, it, it's better for us to, to move forward 
with uh, with getting out of Conference USA after this year, and and we all assume that the Sun Belt is where we're headed. Like you said, the, the news last Friday, the announcement was is that this will be our last year of Conference USA. Nothing was said about where we're going from that point. I think you'll see that announcement later, but. Uh, if, if 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 it is, and we move, we are moving forward to uh, our new conference. I think it's best that we start in in fall. And let me let me just say that Jeremy McLean, our athletic director, Dr. Bennett, our president, and and all of our administration, they have done an outstanding job of moving this thing forward. I've seen nothing but positives from our fan base. I think our fan base wanted this move. I think it's going to be very beneficial to our our athletic department, our fan base. Geographically, it's going to bring rivals together that we haven't been able to uh, to establish in, in Conference USA. In all honesty, uh, you know, just people don't have frequent flyer miles like they used to. I guess so. Mm-hmm. There just wasn't a lot of travel, and uh, you know, everything that we played in front of was was a home home field. So. This is a good move for us, but I, I do anticipate in the weeks to come that there will be announcement, uh, you know, exactly right. uh, what our plans are for the fall. A minute left. Uh, you know, you and I were contacted by Melissa Socher a few months back, and, you know, she initiated this fundraiser for Coach Palmer, and you and I gladly jumped on board. As of Friday, she told me we had raised over $22,000 that's going to go to Coach Palmer and his family, and you said, Coach, you're you're going to do some things at the weekend uh, series to help boost that even more. Talk about that in the last minute we've got left. Well, we are, and and Bob, just let me thank you and and your guys for everything that you've done in advertising and, and promoting this fundraiser for for Coach Palmer and the medical expense fund. You know, it's a much-needed uh, uh, cause that, that everybody and a lot of people have jumped on board. Melissa Socher has taken the ball and just took off with it. I mean, she has just worked uh, around the clock uh, making sure that this thing is, is going in the right direction. Barbara Gandy's been by her side as well. So, um, you know, I was uh, I was brought in as a tag-along, and, and certainly that's what I've been, but we uh we we do uh, this weekend we're gonna we're gonna end the the raffle and the fundraiser it'll be open all three days friday saturday and sunday i think melissa and barbara are going to have a table set up displaying the uh the, the, the prizes for the raffle and and if anybody wants to purchase obviously it's twenty dollars a ticket and you'll be able to do so at this at this game you can also do it at mississippi made more which is melissa's store there just around the corner from Best Buy by FedEx. So just, you know, if we make this final push here towards the end, uh, let's try to uh, try to jump on board if you haven't. And, and, and if you have, we appreciate all the donations and support that you've given to try to help Coach Palmer and his family through this tough time. All right, Coach. Thanks a lot. We'll see you this weekend. Guys, thank you. All right. Coach Scott Berry, everybody. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, we're broadcasting this afternoon from the Southern Bank Core Studio here in Hattiesburg. Bob and Kelly, glad you're with us on a Monday to kick things off. Really want to thank Scott Berry for joining us. He'll be with us every Monday for the foreseeable future as baseball is underway. The first pitch, 4 o'clock Friday afternoon. Cannot wait. This segment is sponsored by 4th Street Bar Grill. Great place, I'm sure, yesterday. I'm sure they had a big deal going with the Super Bowl 
And now that football's over, you can settle in on those eight ninety five lunches. I understand there are thousands of college baseball games that are going to be streamed by ESPN platforms uh, this spring more than ever before. And I'm sure that many of those and all the Southern Miss games will be on the tube at uh, 4th Street Bar Grill, and we thank them for their support of our program. All right, Heath Hinton is the proprietor and owner of Big Gold Nation. All right, Heath, the news we all thought was coming uh, was released, ironically, at 2.05 Friday afternoon, right when we went off the air. But uh, the announcement that uh, Southern Miss, and then, of course, it followed with uh, Old Dominion and Marshall, would be leaving Conference USA in July. Uh, Your thoughts about that, I don't know that it came as a huge surprise. And when do you think, moving forward, we'll hear an announcement officially about the uh, teams entering uh, the Sun Belt and when the football schedules might be released? I mean, I think you're here pretty soon. I mean, the football uh, Sun Belt schedule release is supposed to be March 1st. So, I mean, you got to think that, you know, the announcement for Southern Miss, because it wasn't it wasn't in the press release. It didn't say nothing about the conference they were joining. It just said that they were leaving Conference USA. Um, the Sun Belt press release for their football schedule is the first. So if you if you look at everything, you would think that uh, you'd hear something here within the next week. But you know, you just gotta let things develop. Um, of course, the Sun Belt's not gonna have. Uh, a reaction on the conf- on the teams leaving Conference USA because uh, it has nothing to do with them really right now technically because they're just leaving Conference USA. So I, I would expect you to hear something from Southern Miss and the Sun Belt uh, here pretty soon. But I mean, it's nothing. I wouldn't worry about it. I would just say it's let things develop. It'll take its time. And it's reasonable to assume that. Conference USA, leaving Conference USA, going to the Sun Belt, that Sun Belt scheduling, as far as all this goes, has been an ongoing situation. Yeah, for sure. You know, so the not only the announcement would be coming as it's going to the Sun Belt, but then a week or two later, here's the schedule. And that's something you can't just do overnight. So a lot of these moving parts have definitely been moving from behind the scene. But remember, Bob, we broke this early on, and we pretty much said, you know, mid to late February, you'd probably be, and everything seems to be falling into place. Uh, Heath, are we going to see? Are we going to see more? uh, Let me rephrase the question: For these schools to make this announcement, one would think that financial and legal agreements have been worked out. But if you read the tone of the announcement, you almost think that. There wasn't a lot of cooperation. Are we going to see some litigation follow this, or is this going to be a clean break? I don't think so because, I mean, you got to understand why why these schools want out of Conference USA. If you look at the bylaws, yes, there is a you have to pay to get out of the conference, whatever. Uh, there's been a precedent in the past of those schools leaving the conference. And supposedly you have to give them a 14-month Notice leave the conference. However, in the bylaws, there is nothing that says there's a penalty for leaving before the 14 months is up. So, so you know, these schools are like, this is kind of why we're leaving Conference USA. Uh, getting out of it because of, you know, just the, the boneheaded decisions made at times in Conference USA. So, yeah, all that's been taken, you know, that's been decided uh, what, the penalty for leaving is that's all been decided there won't be an additional penalty or anything like that i don't believe because it's not in the bylaws now he has been decided he this was my particular opinion and i want to get your spin on it the way that the press release was worded i thought it had to be handled very carefully 
But to me, the subtext was kind of a proverbial flipping off of Conference USA by the way it was worded like, we're tired of sitting around and, and, and seeing no activity and a lack of leadership. Yes? That's pretty much, I mean, that's what it says in, in the release. Look, we've tried to, uh, we, we tried, we give you, you know, let you know in December that we want to leave now. We've tried to work with you. We've tried to meet with you and we've got no response. So we're just telling you now we're leaving and that's what's going to happen. You can't blame the schools because they've got to get things settled before, you know, if they're going to some belt, they got to figure out where they're going to play in their schedule. They have to get that taken care of. So they have to make a decision now of what they're going to do. They can't wait any longer. You know, um, this is what I wonder. I wonder in this respect, is it going to affect baseball? Because you can't tell me that the schools left, the Louisiana Techs, and those schools are not going to say, wait a minute, why in the world are you going to send us to Hattiesburg to play in a baseball tournament on their home field and give them every advantage of home field advantage when they're not even going to be members of our conference when the tournament's over? Heath Hinton, are we going to see an attempt to pull the conference tournament away from the Pete? I mean, when they said this a long time ago, people started saying they want to pull the tournament. Here's the issue. These things take time to plan. You just don't go into deciding that you're going to move a tournament a month or two out because you have to already plan to have the facilities that are going to hold the teams. These facilities have to have certain uh, – these hotels have to have facilities, meeting rooms, different things like that that can – uh, have these teams come in. So there's a lot of planning and logistics that go into that that I don't think they got enough time in two months. I may be wrong, but I don't see where they have enough time to go planning to move it somewhere on a whim. Uh, so I don't know if it's going to change. If it does, it is it worth the price of leaving Conference USA not to have the Conference USA tournament in Hattiesburg? It probably is. So uh, you go ahead and give it up. But I don't I don't know if they have enough time to change it and enough time to go through all of the logistics to change it. That takes a long time to plan. That's not something you plan in two months. And here's why it won't happen, Heath and Bob, is because on Conference USA, you would have to have a real set of stones to, yeah. to yank the tournament. from, And and they haven't shown any, any leadership, any, any strength, uh, any assertiveness at all in anything so what would make people believe all of a sudden they're going to get assertive and flex their muscles and say well we're going to take the tournament that would require work it would require leadership it would require getting messy and the impression that conference usa has left with a lot of people is they don't want to get messy they don't want to roll up their sleeves they're perfectly content you know with the way things are and if you don't, if you're not proactive in things, if you're not doing something to keep up with the crowd, you're going to get left behind. And that's what's happened with CUSA. What do you say, Heath? I agree. You know, you just I would never say never, but I just don't see, you know, it's its an issue of leadership at this point. And, and it's not like, you know, Conference USA maybe has the greatest leadership that's ever been. I think we'll all agree upon that. <laughs> but uh, it, it's, it's just logistics, how to how to turn it over, how to get it moved. Um, you've got already stuff, so much stuff already planned. You've already got places booked out. You're going to have to pay a penalty if you, you know, say we're not coming. There's a penalty conference USA is going to have to pay. They don't have a lot of money to do that. 
There's just so much money and logistics involved. It'd be hard for me to see it happening. I'm not going to say it won't, but I just think it'd be hard for them to do this. And, and Kelly's kind of right. If you look at Conference USA, there's not – the backbone's not uh, too not terribly that. strong there. So, Kelly, you think the football schedule's probably already in place, don't you? Uh, if not, they're cl- crossing a lot of T's and dotting a lot of I's right now. And uh, Conference USA is going to be in trouble because the University of Phoenix doesn't have a football team. <laughs> these, I thought they played Ole Miss a couple of years ago. Well, they'll have 11 for one year. They'll have 11 for one year, and then we'll see what happens. That ought to be interesting. And, and, and to show you their thinking, all right, Conference USA, the biggest complaint was you got schools that are too far apart, right? You go from Old Dominion all the way to UTEP. All right, that's been the, that was the biggest complaint with travel. So what do they do after, a conference, after teams leave the conference and – Hear the complaints that the travel is too far. They go and add UMass and New Mexico State. Yeah, it made a lot of sense. Brilliant. That is really brilliant. Yeah. I don't, and I don't understand when the ineptitude or the lack of leadership at Conference USA finally gets addressed by the academic institutions that are members. Yeah, you wonder if this doesn't shake it up, what will? I mean, a private a private business. If Steve Davenport or anybody would tell us how things aren't running the way they're supposed to run, buddy, you clean out your desk and you're out of here. And that's the way it should be. Well, it depends on what the leaders of the schools want to do. If the leaders of the schools like having the power and being able to maybe uh, make the commissioner do whatever they want to do, then they'll leave her in place. Yeah. It's well, a power right. grab. No, but why, why when you've seen the, the, the league implode the way it has, Heath, and added institutions that are football garbage – at least have been for the you know recent history, why would you not want to see some changes? If you keep on doing what you always did, you'll keep on getting what you always got. I, I, I don't know if it was the – I think it was the blueprint of Conference USA that did them in, Kelly, a lot. They went and chose schools that were in major uh, metropolitan areas for expansion. And that's what other – that's what the Power Fives have done and the AAC. They've done the same thing. So when – Expansion was going to take place again. It was going to be schools in those bigger markets. The Sun Belt had more foresight to get schools that had more in common, that weren't in these big markets. They've stayed together, built off of each other, played each other, become the better conference. Conference USA was looking at money and TV, whereas the Sun Belt was looking at growing their product. I, I think that's where a lot of this problem has come from. It's been the conference idea of how to set up the conference and where to get teams in the whole sense. They tried to get major market area, and you're right, they spread across. But this was formed, you know, when Conference USA has been around a while. You go look at the original other Southern men. I mean, right, gotta go, Heath. stuff like that. Out of time. Heath Hinton, Big Gold Nation. Thanks, buddy. Talk to you next week. Eagle Hour will continue right after this. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. I want to thank Scott Berry and Heath Hinton for joining us on the Eagle Hour to kick off another week. Uh, glad you're tuned in around the network this afternoon. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Corps studio and uh, Hattiesburg. I want to thank our good friends at D1 and DBAT for their sponsorship of our program. And, uh, boy, this is baseball season, so now's the time to fill up DBAT with uh, the kids all through the area. They'll get expert training, Kelly's. Boy, what an advantage for kids that – Play baseball in this area to have that facility right here. And it's a, it's a clean state-of-the-art place. If you've never been in there, you really should. I mean, even though we seem to have a little bit better grist, but 
grip on uh, on the virus and so on, man. Every, after every session, my the, the personnel there at D1, they wipe everything down and clean everything up. It's really, we're, we're fortunate to have a facility like that around here. No question. On Hardy Street, uh, right there by Best Buy. All right, tomorrow afternoon, you need to be tuned in. That's what we're going to do, Kelly. At the end of every break tomorrow, we're going to throw out a phone number, and we're going to give away weekend tickets to the North Alabama Games and Eagle Hour T-shirts, and we'll do that at the end of every break tomorrow, first, second, third break. So we'll give away three sets of tickets, three pairs of T-shirts tomorrow afternoon. We're going to give some more away during the week, and I think we're going to try to get with Melissa so sure she'll be out uh, with some other ladies uh, raising money for Corky Palmer on uh, Friday, and maybe we can set it up to where if you go by their table – you buy a raffle ticket, you get an Eagle Hour T-shirt for buying the raffle ticket. And, you know, this weekend, the Eagles are going to drub North Alabama this week. Not even going to be close this weekend. <laughs> okay, I like we're, we're, yeah, I mean, we're trying to schedule Judy Collins to come in and sing Send in the Clowns. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to be selling the orange marshmallow peanuts you know, for these these guys belong in a circus. North Alabama. <laughs> no, no chance. The, huh? Oh, my gosh. These poor kids, you know, coming in here this week. Yeah, they're going to be excited, Scott Perry, for about the first two innings. <laughs> you know, uh, Eagles, e- my projection, uh, uh, 10 run rules each day. Really? You yes. think so, huh? Oh, these guys. They'll have a chance. No, they'll like a screen door on a submarine. They, they got <laughs> these guys. We're we're not cocky about our baseball program. <laughs> God bless these kids. All right, we got three minutes left, and uh, you know Kelly and I've been friends a long time, and uh, we've had a lot of fun through the years. Me being a Redskin fan and Kelly a Bengals fan, they actually played a few years ago in London and tied. They were both so terrible. Uh, the the Bengals got beat yesterday late in the game, lost the Super Bowl. But God, Kelly. What a run, man. At the start of the year, if I'd have told you the Cincinnati Bengals were going to be the AFC champions and take the Super Bowl down to the last 90 seconds, you would have taken that, right? Yes, I would have. So your thoughts about the season? You gotta, yeah, I know you're disappointed, but you have to be proud. Well, what I'm disappointed about is that, that the officials – look, and I know everybody's – oh, here he goes. I will also tell you – look, I have a journalism degree. I can see two sides of the story. Yeah, the Bengals got away with the face mask. On the okay, right. but the referees, as I was talking to Scott Barry earlier, umpires have a way of doing the same thing. You set the tone early on, and by them not calling the the offensive pass interference in the beginning of the game of the Bengals, that kind of told the defensive players, "We're going to let you play a little bit." Okay, and the only flags in the whole game was a delay of game. Yeah, there weren't many penalties and a false start. Right. You're okay. Right. That's right. So then, with a minute left to go in the game, a minute left to go, you're going to call that ticky tack. You know, interference call on Logan Wilson. And if that call isn't made, it's fourth and goal for the Rams at the 12. Instead, it's first and goal at the two. Made a big difference. There's no question. A huge difference. And the thing is, is everybody goes, well, you know, the Bengals, they're so young and they've got the second most cap space. They'll go out and they'll fix their offensive line problems and, and they're going to be great for years to come. Well, yeah, well, so are the Chargers. They got Justin Herbert at quarterback. You got Mahomes in Kansas City. You got the kid in Buffalo. He's really good. He's pretty good. Yeah, Jackson to Baltimore. Those yeah. are all great quarterbacks. The AFC right. is going to be really it's a loaded conference. A tough road to hoe the rest of the way. So just to get to the Super Bowl is hard. It is. It's very difficult. And then, like the Saints have only been there one time, but they made the most of it. Right. They they won it, and that's something that c- they can never take away from New Orleans. But now, you're right. I would have taken it, but to be there and not get it. Now you're in the company of the Minnesota Vikings. 
the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals, the teams that have been to the Super Bowl two or three times and have lost and every I, single I, I time. I think I heard this right, that the, the Bengals, they lost three Super Bowls and all, every game was by less than four points. Yes. It was really close. And all to NFC West teams. And second year in a row that the Super Bowl has been held and one of the teams has got to play on their home field. Yeah. And I know you can't, it's like Heath was saying, when you have these tournaments, it takes a year of planning. But it's just... You know, yeah, LA and LA doesn't support their teams. No, they were more Bengals fans. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, thirty seconds left. That last drive, there was one thing. And not being a coach, I don't understand. But you know, the best player on the field is Cooper Cup. Why are you not double teaming him, hitting him off the line of scrimmage, double teaming, making it impossible to throw the ball in his direction? If Tony Soprano were our coach, that that guy would have never. <laughs> he would have never seen the light of day. Would he? <laughs> That's right. He's too good to let him run free like yeah, that. You yeah. just can't. Yeah, but it was it was it was fun. I, it just ah, just to get there and not get it done. I, I get it. Great great season though. Great game. But I did hit my one bet. I made one bet yesterday. Yeah. My one sure bet. Yeah. I bet the over on Snoop Dogg versus the Breathalyzer. <laughs> you won that one big, didn't you? <laughs> Somebody said, "What was the number?" I said. Does it matter? No, it doesn't. <laughs> what a, we'll talk about the halftime show, I guess, some other time. <laughs> we'll let you cool down on that before yeah, we address yeah. it. All right, I want to thank uh, Coach Barry Heath for joining the show. Got a basketball coach on tomorrow. Coach Winchester will be here talking about the game tonight against Western Kentucky. Big game at the ro- at uh, Greenhouse, rather. We'll be back tomorrow at 1. Thank you for tuning in today. Southern Miss. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping. Into the future I want to fly like an eagle To the sea Fly like an eagle Let my spirit carry me I want to fly like an eagle Till I'm free Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.